1: Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. Have a great show today. But before we get to our guests, I want to share with you a a quote that that I actually just ran across in one of my newsletters this morning, but it's from Tina Fey. And I thought that's pretty, you know, Tina Fey, the comedian, she she said this say yes, and you'll figure it out later. Figure it out later. You know, there's a lot of times, dear, my career that I said just to something knowing that there was a lot of ambiguity and I had a lot to learn fast but sometimes you know the 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 power the ability to deal with ambiguity every some people want to know all there is to know about everything before they can make a decision but most situations aren't like that there's there's going to be things you're, you're not you're not going to be sure about and uh, one of the ways to to get away get ahead in your career sometimes you have to be willing to Say yes and have a little bit of confidence in the skill sets that you bring to the table, and uh, and know that you'll figure it out if you're a resourceful person. And you know a lot of our guests share that quality. They 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 bite off big big chunks, whether entrepreneurially in their corporation, maybe the work that they do in the community. They bite off a lot of a lot of chunks, as I say often, to do their reps, whether it's in the community or in their professional life, and then they go figure it out. So Tina's right. Tina Fey is right. Uh say yes and you'll figure it out later. Uh okay, so let's move on. I want to I want to invite my friend uh Kevin Felsher into the conversation. He's uh he's with the House of Representatives from District 117, which actually happens to be my my uh district where I live in Biloxi. And uh, we're going to just we're just going to chat and and catch up about What he's up to when he's not in the legislature? Maybe we'll look back a little bit on the legislature. But before we go any further, Kevin, how you doing, my friend?
0: I'm doing fine, Ricky, and thank you for having me on Coast View. It's an honor to be with you.
1: It's great to see you. Hey, so uh, where are you sitting right now?
0: I'm at my home office.
1: Your home office, and you know, we'll we'll talk about you. You've been in the real estate business for quite a number of years, and. I, my 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 mother was a real estate broker. My dad was a home builder. He unfortunately died back in 1979. I was 21, but he was a home builder, and so I kind of my whole life I've been around real estate. I actually got my real estate license at one time, and actually had a thought that maybe I'd go into the real estate business or the construction business. But my dad died in 1979. If you remember the, or you may not even been born yet, but it was you know the the, the interest rates were 20 percent and. You know, th- things happened the way they happened. I went back to school. I was in pre med at the time, incidentally, and uh went back to school went on to get my MBA. But but I've always had uh, a really good understanding about real estate and and what when you have when you're in the real estate business, you you learn a lot about what it means, what it what it takes to build value in a community. And uh and at the core, you, you really do learn a lot about value and, and what that stands for in a community, don't you?
0: You do. Um, you know, you help people, whether it's finding a home. In my case, I do pr- primarily commercial. It's relocating a business or helping a business owner find a location for their business and therefore helping the community have somewhere that they like to go and spend their money. You know, um, Senator Delano and I went and spoke to Biloxi Junior High last week and they wanted to talk way more about real estate than they did politics. They were- Isn't that interesting? And when a Chick Fil A may come closer to them, or a Starbucks may come closer to them, then they wanted to hear about you know what's going on in the legislature. So for better or for worse, I agree with you.
1: Well, Kevin, you know you know this well. In my conversations with Fofo or Kenny Holloway over in Ocean Springs, or with Tish Williams and and uh, various others who have invested significant millions of dollars in in places like Bay St. Louis, and then. You know, thinking about the kind of development that's happening in Pasco, looking at Nico Restaurant Group and seeing what Jordan Nico and his brother and others are doing to to expand, and and Joe Cloyd and the work that they're doing. I mean, I could just go on and keep listing name after name after name after name. What's happening is that you're beginning to see a revitalization of the whole notion of creating walkable communities. I mean, Gupport's, you know, on the brink of some extraordinary things, and Blexi, I don't even think there's any any uh, commercial real estate available downtown now. I, I, there may be one or two parcels, but, but we're in the midst of a boom in Coastal Mississippi right now, aren't we?
0: We are. I have a friend of mine and uh, two friends, actually, that are, t- are going to open a brewery, but it has taken them months to find a location to put their brewery at. And, uh, it, you know, it's a good thing and a bad thing because we have some folks wanting to come in our downtown area and, and get moving on some business ventures, but the real estate is few and far between on what's available and what is available. Uh, sometimes the prices are a little bit unrealistic because of the scarcity of it. So you've got to be able to make your, your numbers work on the ROI. So the yeah. challenges, but, but again, good challenges that we have, I think.
1: My son, you may, you actually may know my son, Jordan Matthews. He's with, he's with uh Schwartz and Orgler and yeah. So, uh, but, you know, he does, uh, he works with Robert a couple of days a, a week and then he does the transactional closings and that stuff on, you know, three days a week. But he's really enjoyed it. But you get a good sense of the amount of activity that's happening in the coast of Mississippi. And then, of course, you know, the the I have a, a number of people, one from L.A., jo- Josh Morgan, the, the top hurricane chaser in the world, has been looking for a house in Bay St. Louis. He has a, a place in, in Los Los, uh, Los Angeles. And he wants a second home where he can base during hurricane season. He's been leasing a home here the last couple of years, but you know he he doesn't blink at the at the price per square foot, even though it's extraordinary for us because of what they pay in L.A. But he couldn't find a place in Bay St. Louis. He literally couldn't find a place in Bay St. Louis. So he ended up buying some some land, and he's going to he's going to build an old town. But um, but you really you mean it's uh, the real estate market in Coastal Mississippi. In spite of all the challenges around the country, it's really doing well, isn't it?
0: It is. are um, I think we're finally getting some insurance carriers in here that'll write and, and write for a rate that is doable for, for investors and even some folks who want to build on the beach out of that velocity zone. Uh, so th- this is helping out tremendously. Um, I hope that we can keep interest rates down. That's been real favorable for uh, acting as a catalyst for people to still come in and invest. And, of course, um, just the general leadership I think we have in our municipalities with uh, Mayor Gillidge and Mayor Hughes with a welcoming arm to people. Hey, we want you. We want your business. Uh, This has been very helpful, too.
1: No, I I agree. I say it all the time. What's interesting about the collection of mayors we have across really just about all of the coast cities now is that they sort of went off and made their, whatever that, you know, their situation Now Billy's been in politics for a long time, but during that time, he continued to build his, his business. So he's got a good business mind. And, uh, you know, Fofo made his money doing something else in computer science and whatever, and came to the city and Kenny, Kenny Holloway's fits that same description. And, you know, you go to mayor of mayor of I mean, the truth is they all, they all kind of, made their living doing something out. They didn't look to, when they became mayors, they didn't see that as a promotion in life. In a lot of ways, they're just kind of trying to give back to the community. That certainly defines them, I think, really well. But we're lucky, man. We got a collection of mayors right now that they get it. That I mean, certainly they're competitive with one another, that is for sure. But they're, they're also incredibly aware that when they work together on common issues, uh, Coastal Mississippi is going to be stronger because of it, and they get it. You know, the, the notion of one coast. I When I became publisher of the Sun Herald, I pushed really hard for what we call the South Mississippi strategy, working really, really hard. I mean, for years, and you know this history really well, uh, Jackson never really had to pay much attention to coastal coast of Mississippi because we were so busy fighting amongst ourselves. Right. And uh, once we started, started getting our act together, certainly that began to happen before, before Katrina, but after Katrina, there was a clarion call that we had to work together. We had to find ways to... Find our common issues and work, you know, build build the coast in a in a positive way going forward. And we've made a lot more strides in that in that regard. I mean, you don't hear them talking in Jackson too too many times these days about the coast fighting amongst themselves, so that Jackson doesn't have to pay attention, do you?
0: I don't. As a matter of fact, um, you know, in the eyes of most of my colleagues, the coastal delegation is, is a venerable delegation to deal with. And not in a negative way, but just in, in the way that we do work in a harmonious uh, fashion in, at the Capitol. And I, I really feel blessed to work among most of my colleagues here in the Coastal Delegation. I really do.
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pleased with where the Coastal Delegation is. Um, um, you can always get, you can always get better. You know, you can always get more aligned. But you know, the nature of it, different personalities, people have different agendas. It's hard to bring the entire delegation together into you know one mode of thinking. If you were able to do that, then it wouldn't be a democracy. You know, the truth is they're representing you know uh, that I was saying the House of Representatives where the rubber really hits the road because people, you know, you can real you can go you can literally go knock, Kevin, can't you, on every door in your district if you chose to do that. And some some are just not able to do that. And that gives you some insights about your district that may make it difficult for you to join in on everything in you know, some harmonious way. It's just that's just the reality. But if you can get there on eighty percent of the issues, you've made you've made some great strides, haven't you? Uh,
0: you have, and, and just in general, I think there's a misconception about the capital and the way we vote. You know, I would speculate that on eighty-five to ninety percent of all issues. We work well with everyone, the Democrats and Republicans. Uh, we respect each other, we go out to dinner, we talk through things. If there's a problem, it's handled you know, in a respectful fashion and we talk. And um, of course, the same is through, uh, true on the coastal delegation part. For the most part, we have a harmonious relationship and try to help each other where we can. You know, If I represent Biloxi and someone represents Pascagoula in those two cities, there's a competing uh, project, of course, you know, you want the best project, and if they're both tied, well, I'm going to, you know, compete for mine, and that other representative or, or senator will compete for theirs. But at the end of the day, it's good for the coast is what we hope.
1: You had to. I mean, we're the economic engine that drives the state, and we can never let anyone forget that. I mean, you. you and one of the things that Jerry St. Pay said, that we can't be complacent. His biggest fear is that we will get complacent. That Engels is always gonna be there, Chevron's always gonna be there, the blue chip industry is over in and Stennis are always gonna be there, the gaming industry is always gonna be here. And John John Harrison points out that since the early 1990s when gaming came, that was a game changing sort of added dimension to our coast economy. There hasn't been a game changing, you know, thing like that since then. So we've gotta be we've gotta be focused on figuring out where's the innovation, where's the opportunity? the new economy certainly presents some new some uh, some new opportunities when we come back we can continue the conversation with representative Kevin Felsher. I want to know a little bit more about him, you know, where he came from. He's a he's a Southern Miss graduate and other things like that. We'll see you after this break.
0: His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
1: Welcome back to Coast View. You know, one thing about Coast View is this. We, I don't engage in politics too often. I have have considered, I have had some concerns about the, the current Congre- U.S. congressional race down here. And uh, I'm going to see uh, how the how the uh, um the, the 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 most you know the primary sort of shakes out and, and may may weigh in a bit on that particular race. Um and I'll share my concerns at some point. But I didn't want to do it until until we got into the to a runoff scenario and then we can then we can have a conversation about it. But typically not about politics at all. It would be politics as it relates to an issue like the outdoor stewardship trust fund that I was so passionate about. But generally it's just really going to be about focusing on people and focusing on you know, the, the people that are working hard to make a difference in this community. One of the reasons why, and Kevin, I'll come back to you now. I represented Kevin Felcher from districts 117 happens to be my representative. Uh, we met one time, the best we can tell at a, uh, at a, uh, a reception up in Jackson that had to do with the outdoor stewardship trust fund and, and your coalition, but, um, the, the outdoors coalition, but, but, I wanted to have a visit with him because I, I'm impressed with the amount of energy that he puts into the community. I think, you know, again, I've mentioned to him off the air that that some people talk a big game, but then they're not really doing their reps. In other words, they're not really engaged in the community in a way that they can really understand what's happening. The more in the trenches you get, the more you're going to learn about what's going on in the community. And I was impressed that Kevin has really been spending a lot of time in that regard. And we're going to come back to that in just a second. but. Kevin, you went to the University of Southern Mississippi. You went to Biloxi High. You got a you've got a couple of kids. Uh, you go to Our Lady of Fatima Catholic Church, which we attend from time to time. Um, tell me a little bit about you know your early life.
0: Sure. Well, I grew up. I was born and and sort of raised early on the point in Biloxi on uh, Oak Street and Hoxie Street, and then my mother, um, single mom, moved to the west side of town, and we stayed in uh, Boulevard Manor housing and uh, we kind of made a, a swap. We'd go from the West End to the East End and we'd hit the Boys and Girls Club on, on the East End and spend a lot of time there after school and, and just try to stay out of trouble. And then we'd come back on the West End and there used to be a West Biloxi Community Center and we'd go play basketball there. Um, the, the key back then was just staying busy and staying out of trouble for us because there was definitely a lot of trouble to get into. So that's that's kind of how I was raised.
1: Yeah, well, yes, I, I married Anne Bahanevich, so I married into the point click, you know, with Peter and Mark and Lisa and Anne and terrific family. Her dad was Pete, her mom is is uh, Miss Annette. You pro- you probably know them all, but mm-hmm. but I, I I loved you know I loved marrying into that family as I've talked many times on the show this mix between the French community, her her father being a Melanson, and then of course the her her uh, dad's side of the family being a second generation Yugoslavian or Croatians, uh, Bohanovich's It's uh, it's been cool to see the mix of cultures. So I have a really good understanding of where you came from. You know, Alan Picard is my brother-in-law. So you know, I'm sure you know all those those families. But um, but you learn a lot about the core culture of Belgrade when you when you when you grow up in that part of the, of the city, don't you?
0: Absolutely. Just the different cultures and, and you know, I was born in seventy five, so as I was growing up the Vietnamese community started integrating in and that was a nice thing. Just just all the melting pot of cultures is is something that you don't get everywhere and I've always had a firm appreciation for it, whether it be the foods or just the, the different conversations you can have. It's just been a tremendous place to grow up. I've I've not visited everywhere or anywhere close to it, but I can tell you, Biloxi is is absolutely one of the more interesting places if you immerse yourself into it that you can visit.
1: So and you're I'll- currently a broker associate with Caldwell Banker. Did you Al- Alfonso, by the way, commercial realty? Mm-hmm. Did you um, did you always know that you wanted to get into real estate, or did you kind of you know kick some tires along the way and then eventually decide that real estate was for you?
0: I, I pretty much um, pretty much knew I, I'd done an internship in um, criminal justice with uh, Gulfport Police Department and, and kind of felt that out a little bit and, and then got my real estate uh, broker's license and I went with Carlene Alfonso uh, pretty much right away and I've never left I think that's been like 16 years ago she's just phenomenal to work with it's a great company and I love helping people and you can do that in real estate and you can make a little money with it. So it's a win win.
1: Yeah, I recognize it. I don't have, we don't have the time to list all of the, all of the community activities that you're involved with, but many of them, as I look down the list, the Heart Association, I chaired I the Heart Walk one year and I see others that, that I had involvement in along the way. But what drives you? Why? What, what makes you so confident that you have to be involved in the community to, to to I, I don't you know what's your what's your purpose as it relates to that? Tell me about that.
0: Sure, I simply believe, and I try to teach my children this: if you don't volunteer and you don't give to others, um, you're not being a good citizen. And and I hate to be critical, but I, I just believe it. And and it doesn't mean you have to do everything, but do something. And for me, it's just been one thing after the other, and I love it. Uh, you know, I i'll just give you an anecdotal example you know i did the real men wear pink and from the real men wear pink uh, i got into pickleball and i saw what good pickleball was doing people on a mental health level on just a pure fitness level um so i became involved with pickleball and they asked me if i'd be on the advisory board and i agreed because i see the good works they're doing Uh, so you know, one thing kind of leads to another sometimes, um, and then there's other things like Crime Stoppers that I've been involved with for like 14 years that I just love. I know the good work that Mississippi Coast Crime Stoppers and Lori Massey's doing, so I've stayed on board with that. I, I won't leave unless they ask me to, as long as I can be a part. But and I've
1: you've been- also you've, you've immersed yourself in a volunteer role around the Mental Health Association of South Mississippi. W- what made that such an important part of what you wanted to do?
0: Well, you know, Ricky, as you asked me before, well, where did you grow up? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, my my mother, single mother, suffered from mental illness from the time that I can remember, and I just remember that disease robbing her of kind of a lot of her life, and you know, it kind of robbed my brother and I of a mom. So I, I said to myself, if I'm ever in a position to help others on that front, that I would. And so I've been blessed. Um, one thing I considered b- before I agreed to run was, you know, how could I impact the mental health community? Well, I- I'm pleased to say, it's, you know, we've advocated for funding. We've gotten a lot of funding for the state mental health uh, department of mental health, Director Bailey. But above and beyond that, we've got some good things working uh, with Pine Belt and, and, and our supervisors with the Harrison County Diversion Center. Uh, This is something that's been talked about and talked about and talked about since I I can remember. Uh, Hopefully, we can make that kind of fruition. We just secured funding for that. Uh, We're working on a mental health diversion court. So my passion for mental health, to answer your question directly, stems from what I watched my mother go through. And through being around her, watching so many others afflicted with mental illness and what they have to deal with, what their friends have to deal with, their coworkers, their family, it affects everyone Almost every day, it's a roller coaster. So, if we can help these folks who sometimes can't help themselves, that's a worthwhile endeavor.
1: Well, I appreciate I appreciate you sharing where that where that important part of what you do in the community comes from. And I know, I mean, it represents it's what you you know. Robin Roberts always said, "Make your mess your passion." You know, and, and maybe at one point in your life you had a mess and. But you're making it your passion. You're, you're you're flipping the script on it, so to speak. You're making the most challenging times of your life something that's now positive, where you can use your volunteerism, your your role as a representative to to really make a difference. And by the way, you were you were, and I want to congratulate you. You were awarded the Annette Keefe Humanitarian Award this year for your work with uh, with mental health. And uh, I, I know that that award doesn't just come just because someone might have voted yes on a bill or something you have to work your tail off in the community to get that kind of recognition so congratulations i know it means a lot to you to i i I wonder you know i say i bet it means a lot to you get the recognition you're probably not looking for the recognition actually you're just doing what you do how how did you view getting that award
0: well i'll tell you i was um on spring break with my my um family and i got a call from kate Denault, uh director of the mental health association of south mississippi and she told me the news, and I was floored and humbled. Um, I I'm not looking for the recognition, but it it is awesome to to get that call. I w- I won't lie about that. It was awesome to get that call, and I'm proud to carry that banner. And I hope you know in some way I can mm-hmm. inspire someone else to do the same.
1: When I started the when I started the uh, the leadership awards at the Sun Herald, which are now the One Coast Awards, uh, what I said about it, and th- I say this to you, and I think it's the same thing that that certainly the recognition is great and it's a, it is a recognition of hard work but what's great what what I think is even greater about it is it's the opportunity to sort of hold you up as an example so that others who may want to give and may want to make a make a commitment to the community that they can see what you did to receive that award and be inspired by it and then go go you know go aspire to do it themselves and Hopefully that's what that's what comes from it. because I see this all the time that there are th- one of the great things about coastal mississippi is we're incredibly incredibly resilient we have a thousand points of life we have got all these organizations that are working together but then we have these people that are working to fill the gaps etc and um, and we're we're lucky in that we have people like you that are willing to to, to you know do your share but we need more like you hey listen kevin we're going to continue to talk in, in the future i look forward to staying in touch with you and when you got a big issue that you want to talk more about, let me know and we'll, we'll get back together again. But we're out of time for today.
0: Sure. Thank you for having me, Ricky.
1: It's been a real pleasure. This has been Kevin Felsher from the House of Representatives Districts 117 here in coastal Mississippi. Uh, have, have, uh, I tell you what, we're going to we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. See you after this break.